Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. I'm your host, Pulaski Citizen Sports Editor Wade Neely, rocking my finest Michigan apparel as the Wolverines have got the number one seed in the college football playoff. Uh, more on that coming up a little bit later at the end of our program. But man, good to be back with you guys. We had a two-week hiatus. I ate way too much at the Thanksgiving dinner play, uh, dinner table. And so we had to uh, postpone last week's show. I do apologize about that. But we are back. Uh, we burned off all the calories, uh, got everything, all the turkey and dressing out of our uh, system here. So now it's full speed ahead. We've got an action-packed show today. UT Southern videographer and photographer Guy Schaefer will sit down with us and uh, talk really uh, a 20-minute conversation about just life in general. Uh, this guy has seen it all. He's covered it all. He's done a lot of great things, and he loves the city of Pulaski. You will not find a more dedicated and hardworking individual uh, than when we talk about Guy Schaefer. So fun to catch up with him. He's a good friend of the program, and uh, he's always uh, a hoot to uh, sit down with. So catching up with him was always a treat. Real quickly, diving into some headlines. Giles County football has been eliminated, and Alcoa is your state champion. I know that will not really come as a surprise to anybody. Giles County put up a good fight a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe even trending toward their best effort against Alcoa. And then, unfortunately, tragedy strikes second quarter early. Johnny Jackson, quarterback for Giles County, goes out on a kind of a trick play. They run the Wildcat with Kamari Turner. And as he runs to the right, Jackson got rolled up and suffered an ankle injury, lower body injury. And so he uh, was out for the rest of the game. And the Bobcat offense kind of uh, went by the wayside at that point. They scored on that drive. Uh, their only points of the night. But GCHS falls in that one. 38-7 is your final. Alcoa goes on and wins, uh, dominating East Nashville. So third straight year, Giles County has lost to Alcoa. Third straight year, East Nashville has lost to Alcoa. I wish, I wish there was a way, um, even if nothing else, the semifinals would be electric. To see East Nashville and Giles uh, meet on that side of the bracket uh, because uh, it's just not fun seeing uh, your squad go up. And even though they're well coached, even though Giles County is a phenomenal team, uh, they are just not, unfortunately, in the class that uh, Alcoa is at, at a playing at right now. Nine straight 3A titles. More on Alcoa in next week's edition of the Pulaski Citizen. That's a little tease in the biz, folks. Football's out. That means basketball is back. Kamari Turner returned to the hardwood in a big way. He had five three-pointers in a win versus Fayetteville. He had five three-pointers in a win versus Shelbyville. And this kid continues to shine for GCHS. They did not have him this week, however, including a game that we just did uh, on Tuesday night uh, over at Lincoln County. Kamari has been uh, selected to play in that East-West All-Star Game Classic, so he's been up in Clarksville getting prepared for that. Also, a tip of the cap to our good friend, and uh, man, what a legend. Amari Smith, offensive tackle for GCHS. He was injured late in the postseason, and so he's not going to be able to play in that game, but he was chosen, so salute to you, uh, Smoke, on that honor there. Uh, Giles County men pick up right where they've left off here. Keep your eyes on the Bobcats. They're going to be fun to watch as this year rolls along. Uh, the Lady Bobcats still seeking their first win. Coach Steger's trying to get out there, trying to get that lineup combination just right, but they haven't been able to do so as uh, they fell last week to Fayetteville and Shelbyville on the road. Fell to Spring Hill Monday night of this week at home and then uh, unfortunately was on the wrong end of a 63-6 to defeat to 
Lincoln County on Tuesday night. Kai Gibson had all six points for GCHS. They were shut out in the first, third, and fourth quarters. Um, it was a tough night. Uh, but team's getting better. Team is young, very young, in fact. And I know Coach Steger, he's a veteran coach. He'll have them uh, in the right direction before far too long. Uh, Richland Lady Raiders, I got to give a shout-out to our man, Chad Hall. Uh, we call him the Chadillac. We've been thinking about you, brother. We've been missing you on the sidelines. He's recovering from a medical procedure. Hopefully he's back sooner than later. Richland got wins last week in ladies' action versus East Robertson last Tuesday and then followed up with a win Friday versus Mount Pleasant. He missed last uh, or missed this week's game Tuesday night versus Loretto. Uh, hopefully going to get him back uh, on the saddle and uh, in action on Saturday when they take on Zion Christian Academy. So, again, we've been thinking about you, Chadillac. On the other side of the Richland equation, boys are playing well. Did lose to Loretto Tuesday night, but Loretto is a very good 2A team. They had nothing but underclassmen last year, and now so they've got a bevy of upperclassmen on their roster. So no shame in that loss. And, again, Richland picked up a massive win versus East Robertson uh, last Tuesday. And East Robertson, the defending uh, state tournament quarterfinalists, and they won it two years prior. So uh, that was a good win. I know East Robertson didn't have their football program uh, or football players eligible for that game because they were competing in the state championship. But a win is a win is a win, and that'll be a good win late in the season, I think, on the resume for Coach Loveless and the gang. And speaking of tournament resumes, I got to salute our good buddy and former uh, guest, uh, longtime reoccurring guest, if you will, Will Austin, he's the UT Southern women's soccer head coach. Firehawks make a magical run. Maybe didn't have a Final Four caliber roster this year. They had a young team as well, but they make a Cinderella run. They go all the way to the semifinals. They fall 7-3 to three to William Carey. They actually led that match 2 to nothing before William Carey takes a 3-2 lead in the half, before halftime. And then 7-3 to three is your final score. But I just wanted to sneak in that shout-out because Coach Austin has a tremendous coaching job. Uh, lost so much talent from the last two years after they won it all two years ago. And to be able to retool that roster and now get to the semifinals, that's an achievement in and of itself. The NAI National Tournament is a hard place to win a game. And they won, technically drew the first one. They won in penalty kicks versus Benedictine. Uh, but then they knocked off. Central Methodist in the second. Uh, tournament seeds. William Carey ends up losing in the championship game. Tell you how hard it is. William Carey looks like the odds-on favorite to win it all every year. And uh, they come up empty. They fall in penalty kicks themselves. University of Cumberland ends up winning it. So your final four, uh, you got the 12-seeded Firehawks, but then the other seeds were one, two, and three. Uh, so it was truly a good run. And we wanted to make sure we snuck in a shout-out for UTS. Speaking of the Firehawks, on the other side of this timeout, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will sit down with one of our all-time favorites. He's videographer and photographer for the Firehawks. He's none other than our favorite Canadian, Guy Schaefer. So sit tight, folks. We'll be back with Guy Schaefer on the other side of this timeout. You are listening and watching another episode of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. Back right after. He shoots. And he scores. Yeah. 
Welcome back, folks. As promised, I tracked him down. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He's UT Southern photographer and videographer. He's our good friend, Guy Schaefer. Hey, buddy. Welcome to From the Press Box, my friend. How you doing? Man, it feels weird to be on this side of the land. It's good to be here. Man, we, uh, we're we delighted to have you. We, we wanted to bring you in, and you and I were just talking off camera. Where do we really go with this segment? And exactly. the cool thing, I think, is that we can take this a number of different directions. So I think we'll talk a little Giles County ba uh, football and basketball. Yeah. You were there for the uh, state tournament run in hoops yeah. last year. You were there for a lot of the playoff football games this year. Yeah. Get into UT Southern. They got to the national final four in women's soccer this Absolutely. year. And, you know, mysteriously, you and I are also wearing uh, collegiate colors in a sense here. Uh, Michigan's going to play Alabama. So, uh, yeah, I don't usually have very many Alabama colors. Uh, this uh, vest, my daughter actually got me for Christmas a couple years ago. But when I was looking at your uh, Michigan over there, me and a couple students had just been talking that they felt like this could be the national championship game, which I, I can't really argue with them. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. Hold your horses on the yeah. on the CFB talk, so to speak. But uh, let's let's dive right in, guy. We want to talk to you. Uh, you've obviously been uh, our citizen of the week, our citizen spotlight a couple uh, months ago. So we we wanted to kind of take this opportunity to shine. I guess first things first. For those that haven't had a chance to, uh, if for some reason the two remaining people in Giles County that haven't met you. Um, you do photo and video for UT Southern, but you also do a lot more. How would you kind of describe yourself to what you do and what you provide to our community? Yeah, one of the things I've done over the past few years anyways, now there's there's more people that are available, but uh, I would just go and cover events just so, for example, the chamber could have a copy of Mingle Jingle or something on video. Um, I've done uh, some of the youth sports in town. Uh, I, I actually remember, this is a number of years ago now, but... Uh, a lady had put on Facebook said, we really need someone to come and uh, take photos of the Minor Hill Rodeo beauty pageant. And I thought, <laughs> okay. well, that's kind of random. Yeah. I've, never, I've never done that. So so I called the lady up, or I texted her on Facebook, and I said, hey, I'd be happy to come and do it. And that was, that really got me out into the community again. I thought, I need to do more of this. I really enjoyed it. So I shot the Minor Hill Rodeo and all the different events and uh, and, and the little beauty pageant, which was a lot of fun. So So I like to get out and I describe a lot of what I do Wade, is just capturing moments, you know, making and, memories. Absolutely. And you do such great work. Uh, the community really is uh, in your debt in that regard for what you provide for us. Um, kind of, you do have a sporting background though. And yeah. uh, you and I have, you know, we've been uh, sharing war stories over the years and uh, soccer background, I believe, but yeah. also obviously from Canada. So uh, we'll, tell us about your hockey uh, experience as well. Well, there. it was more like uh, playground basketball. It was just guys going out on the ponds over the winters and stuff like that. But I did play organized hockey until I was probably uh, 12 or 13. And then, uh, you know, you just concentrate on school and stuff. But we always played on frozen ponds, always played. My father was a, a fire chief. And so every winter he would get some of the guys in the truck. They'd come out to a field, they'd uh -huh. scrape it off, and then they would just use the fire truck and make a rink for us. So we always had some place to skate. It, it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, when you're up there and it's 10, 20, 30 below zero, uh, you still go out and play hockey. So it didn't matter how cold it got. Wow. Uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about that. And uh, uh, I just recently, we celebrated my girlfriend's birthday at the skating rink in Brentwood. And that's on four wheels. Uh, can you put into context for people how more difficult ice skating is than, than regular uh. traditional uh, wheel skating? Yeah. So the first time I roller skated, I was 19. It was after my freshman year in college and a bunch of these guys were going to this roller rink. And 
So I was curious, I said, I wonder what this will be like. So you get on the four wheels, it's actually quite stable. Uh, and I was going a little bit too fast, and I went to stop, and my instincts to stop like a hockey player did. Uh -huh. So you turn your blade sideways, and I shot straight through the air, and I hit my friend, girlfriend, in the back with my skates, which was really not planned, but it was pretty funny. But that would be the big difference was in, uh, in ice hockey, I think you can, once you kind of figure out how, how to do it, uh, your start and stops can be quicker, and you can go pretty fast, but I've seen, having said that, I remember seeing guys on roller skates do stuff like I thought, how in the world did they do that? They were very, very impressive. Mm. Okay, we fulfilled our uh, obligatory uh, hockey segment. <laughs> Scott Stewart can, uh, can rest now. Hey, so we've talked a little bit about your background. How do you end up in Pulaski, Tennessee? Yeah, so uh, a guy I played hockey with in college, uh, he'd come to Florida. He actually was an American. And uh, we played hockey together for a year, and he was working down in Orlando. And I sort of like off the cuff said, hey, if you hear something, put my name in. Well, I didn't know he did, but he did. And this guy called me, it was probably nine or 10 months later, said, uh, how'd you like to come to Florida and uh, work? And I said, yeah. So I went down, and of course, you have to go through this immigration process and interview and stuff. Long story short, they hired me. And I thought, you know, if I don't like it, I can always go back. Right? Yeah. And so 37 years later, I'm still here in the States and stuff. So I worked down there for about another three or four years. And then I, I felt like I really wanted to go get my uh, master's degree in mm -hmm. communications, which is how I ended up getting into film and photography and stuff. And I did that for a while. And uh, through marriage and, and moving and stuff, ended up in the Muscle Shoals area. Yeah. And while I was there, uh, actually, it was a Pulaski kid. Brad Taylor said, hey, mm -hmm. you know, they're looking for a speech teacher at Martin. And I said, really? So I called up who at the time. I didn't know that we'd become really good friends was Dr. Kayla Wiggins, who recently mm -hmm. passed, but she was just the best. Anyways, walked me through the process, and I remember her telling me one day, Wade, she goes, guy, these kids are going to love you. I said, how do you know that? She goes, because you're not me. <laughs> so she had this funny little story about, she said sometimes she got known as the dragon lady and all this, but her bark. Small was, but mighty. Yeah, her bark was bigger than her bark because she was just golden. And so it was through Kayla that I ended up coming and, and, and uh, teaching speech and stuff here. And I've been here almost 15 years now. That, that is crazy. And uh, time just has kind of flown by yes. in that regard. And then from there, um, you mingle and kind of get into the realm of athletics. And I think it's amazing that you kind of come in with a classically trained film background in yeah. a sense. Yes. But have the framework of athletics behind. And then kind of as things, uh, you and I got to work together when I was at yeah. the school for 10 plus years um and really you kind of have morphed into this awesome role where you're kind of capturing like you said moments all yeah. across campus now yeah yeah it really was i mean i i've told this story a few times but um back when i came there wasn't really like a photography department or a mm -hmm. staff and and stuff and i always thought man it's kind of weird that no one takes pictures of these big school events or or sad they don't take pictures so at the time, I remember I had a little digital camera from Walmart. I just carried it in my pocket. But those pictures, and then we started throwing them on Facebook, and pretty soon people would comment. And then the students started calling me the, the uh, that's our photo guy. Yeah. And uh, Catching Dr. You, huh? yeah, Dr. Jack Gregory had a camera. He said, hey, you can use this. And Grant Vosberg helped me. And uh, so next thing you know, I was showing up at all the events and taking pictures. And I remember the first tournament. I think it was our first year together, you and I. We were going down to Montgomery, yeah, to Montgomery, and I remember seeing, I said, wow, they take all the pictures from all the teams that go to the conference tournament, and they make this 
really kind of cool brochure. And even back then, a lot of the photography was not that good. You right. Know? And I remember thinking, and I'm going to make sure I take good pictures next year. <laughs> and so that's how I kind of ended up getting into uh, lighting and all of the, all the stuff that we like to do for those things, just to make our, our kids look good when they're out in the field of competition or on the court of competition. And, uh, and, and I loved it. And of course, you know, uh, with such a large international presence there, we're a lot of our pictures are going all around the world. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. For parents and grandparents, so it's kind of cool to to do that. Yeah, for those that have not uh, or don't follow social media for UT Southern, uh, it is fun to go and look at the comments because yeah, yeah that you can get comments from Australia, Israel, yeah, uh, Central America, South America, and then obviously Fayetteville, Tennessee, or yeah. Pulaski, Tennessee. So yeah. it's it's kind of cool that microcosm there. Um, I guess if you got a, is there a favorite sport as far as photography or videography that you prefer to shoot I guess uh, not really because I do like them all I still find myself every once in a while looking through a lens and then thinking to myself man I love this sport yeah. you know um, softball because it's so short and so much happens so quickly mm -hmm. surprised me at how interesting that was to shoot of course my second sport growing up outside of baseball out, uh, uh, outside of hockey was actually baseball yeah. I loved it um, so I, I like shooting the baseball here but you can't beat being indoors and shooting basketball and volleyball too. So they, they all have uh, uh, their own little merits. I actually went up, I think I remember telling you, but I, I may not have, but um, our shooting team had an event up in Nashville a couple of years ago when Chad was still there. And uh, it, the sporting section of it, it's literally like a nine hole golf course. You have a certain shot on hole one. There's a certain thing on okay. number two. Uh, one of them, they roll these clay targets along the ground and they bounce and stuff. And so you have to get to have to shoot them at the right time. And I remember being very fascinated by that whole day. And I always thought, man, I, I, I could really get into clay target shooting as far as filming and video, video too. So it, it was a lot of fun. So I don't know if I have a favorite um, sport wise. It's probably baseball. I still like the most, you know, uh -huh. just for the competition and the thrill of it and stuff. But man, all our sports here are great. I, I remember when we started uh, our swimming and our, um, our running program with uh, you know with Watson here now I love going out and covering those guys shooting and running yeah. and stuff so it's it's a lot of fun. I'm kind of like you. Sometimes I find myself whether it's broadcasting or shooting uh, photos for the citizen. I'm in an event and I'm like I really don't got a ton of experience, but sometimes those are the most fun because you're yeah. learning on the fly and you're trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um, and that that is certainly a, a thing that I kind of enjoy. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, kind of changing gears a little bit though. You do get on the sidelines for football occasionally and you've been fortunate enough. We've all been fortunate enough. Jones County and Richland have had some really good programs the last couple of years. What's it been like? We kind of tap into you uh, yeah. when we're looking for some real quality stuff and uh, you've been known to even end up in the booth with uh, the broadcast crew a time or two. Yeah, I, I have great respect for what you and the guys do up in that booth because it's not easy calling a game and filling moments where it might have downtime and making it all seem exciting and interesting. I think you and Chris are great together. Um, but yeah, I was down on the sidelines a few times shooting and actually that was the first time I shot football and I, and I realized, wow, I, I really don't know how to shoot football. Meaning, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. There's movements and, and all that sort of stuff that if you don't know football or have never played it, it some of it kind of surprised you. I remember thinking, Oh man, that was a good shot. And then I went back and looked at it. I was like, that was not a good shot, but I love being around, especially Giles County football. You know, first of all, I think it's great to be involved in your hometown, mm -hmm. right? I, I just love that part of being in a small town. And my town in Canada was very much like Pulaski. It's, it's 
10, 12,000 people and everybody kind of knew everybody and stuff. So I love that part about Giles County. But, you know, I came here in 09 and you remember what Giles County Bobcat football did that year. So I was very intrigued at how popular that was, uh, you know, winning that state championship mm -hmm. was pretty cool. And uh, you go through a few challenging years and stuff. And then Bobcat's been really tough again the last few years. So it's been fun watching and stuff. And um, I have great admiration for what goes on behind the scenes. I think that was one of the things that surprised me was how many uh, individuals are involved, like at coaching level or administration level. Like it, it, it's a very well-oiled machine, you know. Yeah. Uh, this one hits a little closer to home, but what's it like being able to cover a program like UT Southern women's soccer, who now has 20 plus years of national tournament success. They just fell shy in the semifinals, made the semifinals for the fifth year. Uh, they were looking for that fourth national championship. What's it like kind of being around a program that if, if folks are, for some reason, haven't been to a game or are not reading our copy, this is extremely high-level soccer that's yeah. being played right here in our backyard. I'm just curious your take on, on the program. Yeah, because, you know, Wade, a lot of that stuff, I didn't know how good we were years ago. I, I remember um, talking with Jerry Cleary, you know, the year we won the men's championship. Uh, and, of course, he'd won two championships with the women before that man, it's hard to get back to the championship game. Like I, just the amount of dedication they have and the work and stuff. And I know this year, Will, uh, Coach Will Austin, you know, he even said, man, when he brought in 20 new kids this year, it's going to be a real challenge. And not that you never think you're going to go that far, but probably they didn't think they were going to go that far. And that is super young team. Yeah, very young team. That was very, very impressive. And uh, so – Again, I, I have some of those thoughts in my brain when I'm on the sideline shooting and stuff. You know, you just hope you capture the right moments and stuff like that. But uh, kudos to, to Will and his coaching staff. Man, that was, that was a great year. It was very impressive, a little bit unexpected, and uh, I think it stands in good stead for next year too. While we're talking UT Southern, what's it like working with, uh, in the academic realm, a guy like Gene Smith. For those that don't know, Gene Smith, the director of uh, sport management yeah. program, uh, former Jacksonville Jaguars general manager. So yeah. a lot of folks, you know, oh, there's nothing to do, or Pulaski's a small town. We got some big things going on. The former GM of the Jaguars, you work a little bit with him on campus in a lot of roles, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what's it like seeing that guy around campus? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Like we teach together. So in fact, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he's on uh, right across the hall from where I am. Mm -hmm. you know, we teach our, our classes and stuff. And um, I think people probably don't understand how cool of a thing that is to have him here. Like um, he's been here long enough. Now the program has had a number of graduates who have all gone on to do incredible internships and start their careers in sports management. And uh, of course you and I know some of them, uh, one of them's up with the Titans right now. Yep. And uh, he played baseball here for four years and, mm -hmm. and he's been with the Titans for a while. Yeah. Drew's an awesome kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of them really have gone on to do really cool things. And I think sometimes you know, when you're a small town, you go, Gene Smith, I haven't heard of him. And he has very impressive resume, very impressive. And the kids love him. He, he's just building into them, uh, helping them find the right opportunities for their internships and possible careers. And, you know, when you have on your resume, former Jacksonville Jaguar general manager, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and he, and the kids love him. He's just great in the classroom and, and I get it. Uh, I get to benefit by working with him. So it's kind of cool. It has been uh, exciting to watch that program. Tim Wilson, our colleague, yes. you know, he was there for years and years. He's kind of 
set the bar high, and it seems like Gene is, is trying yeah. to take it to the next level. Uh, another UT Southern question I want to ask you. You and I ended up at the same events, and uh, this is last summer, and the UT Southern soccer team is getting inducted into the Tennessee State Hall of Fame. Yes. And that was a fun moment, and it was very cool. But maybe it wasn't quite the highlight. I remember one particular person, one particular baseball player, that you were uh, over the moon to meet. What about the time that you got to meet, uh, who's a friend of the Pulaski Citizen and uh, Pulaski Ties in general, R.A. Dickey, yeah. former Cy Young winner? You know, what's funny thing is, I didn't know that much about the guy, but as things happen when you're sitting around on the baseball diamond chatting away, Kelly Bratton started telling me a lot about him and his career and who he's related to and stuff. And so I went back, did a little bit more research, and, and it was kind of a real cool story. And so anyways, you and I just arrived. I know we were there really for, for Will and Zach and, mm -hmm. and the UT Women's Soccer induction, which, by the way, that event was impressive. Oh, yeah. Very, very cool. Brad Willis, i uh, got to give him a quick shout-out. He helps put that thing on every year. Yes. And he, did a, he took great care of us, as yeah. always. Yeah, it was really impressive. But So they, they bring us up to kind of the little media area, and then as, as the VIPs would come, they'd say, who would like to talk with this person? Who would like? Well, when Ari Dickey came up, they said, "Who would like to interview Ari Dickey?" And nobody said a thing. I said, "I will." <laughs> so, I got my camera, my phone, my tri my little tripod, and I set it up and just talked to him for a few minutes. And I apologize for being a Blue Jays fan, but he, he kind of chuckled and stuff. But you know, he said something really cool in his story. He said, "You know, I came out of UTK, really good baseball team, mm -hmm. a lot of guys, really good team that year." And he said, "You think you're going to play for X number of years?" and when I was almost done at, after, I think it was his fifth or sixth season, he said Oral Hershiser and uh, Buck Showalter pulled him aside and said, listen, that knuckleball you've been fooling around with, mm -hmm. we think you should work on that. And he said that gave me nine more years in the big. He said my, actually, my best and most productive baseball years was after I learned to throw that knuckleball. So he said something I'd kind of fooled around with with my grandfather, and, and he said I, I never thought it would save my career and actually make the best part of it so it was really cool to talk on this super nice guy just yeah. real down to earth and stuff um i didn't have that detailed of a conversation with him but i just mentioned uh i know some of your relatives in pulaski and he said oh lord uh, <laughs> he's so uh he was very cool to chat with i know our friends uh mo and chris at uh, up at main street murray they love having him on he's yeah. been a long time guest uh, and that was just a cool moment uh, yeah. sharing that with you as we get you out of here we did mention uh I'm rocking the Michigan gear. You're technically rocking the Bama gear. Yeah. You're not necessarily a Bama fan, though, right? No, no. Uh, when I first moved to the States, this is kind of hilarious, but I thought you just cheered for your state team. So I, I moved to Florida. So I cheered for the Gators, yeah. Seminoles, Hurricanes. And somebody one day said, you know those guys don't like each other, right? Heated rivals, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of funny how that all worked out. But I kind of ended up sticking as a Florida fan all mm -hmm. those years just because that was the first team I, I cheered for. So. Um, but let me tell you something funny else about R.A. Dickey. So I was down at Auburn where my youngest daughter is. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. And so they invite us to this Sunday service, and it's a huge church. There's like 1,500 seats or 2,000, and I'm sitting in the wrong spot. So the service hasn't started. My daughter gets on the phone. Dad, you're sitting in the wrong place. You need to come over here. So I stand up and go, where are you? And she goes, I'm over here. Well, sitting right behind her is R.A. Dickey. And I Second said, time you met her. Yeah, second time. Okay. okay. So I said... Uh, Rebecca, you know, someone famous is sitting behind. She goes, yeah, that's Lila, my friend. <laughs> Ari Dickey's daughter. She didn't care who he was or if he was famous. That was her best friend. So anyways, we got to chat again, and we met each other and stuff, and I met the rest of his family, which was really cool. And again, 
uh, just a, a really kind of neat moment to share with him and stuff. And he, uh, he had some of the same thoughts I did at that whole place. We were, we were just like in awe how cool it was and that our kids were loving it at Auburn and, and all that. So it was kind of fun. But, yeah, that was the second meeting of R.A. Dixon. Hey, so you've got two good R.A. stories already. And yeah. uh, the third, I'm sure, will be written sooner than later. Yes, so. I hope so. Uh, Guy, we pretty much touched on everything here, which has been phenomenal. Um, Anything else that you want to mention or shout out? How can people, I guess, just what's the simplest way to get in touch with you or find some of your work? uh, Because you do so much online. Probably a lot of the stuff that I do right now, I just put it on my Facebook page and stuff, uh, which would be the easiest. You've got to be capped on friends by now, right? It's close. I have to go through and. It's between you and Carmen, I (laughs) imagine, at this point. Listen, man, I love Carmen Brown. That guy is amazing. When we were part of the Boys and Girls fundraiser a month or so ago. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned this. We all introduce ourselves, and Carmen says, hello, I'm Carmen Brown. I put things on Facebook. And the place went nuts. (laughs) Hey, since you brought that up, uh, let's close with this. Uh, Tell us about your experience being involved with the Boys and Girls Club as one of their community heroes this year. It was an amazing uh, fundraiser. Uh, I was thankful that you sent me an invite. I was able to sit with you and sit with Chris Bledsoe, yeah, another awesome. colleague of ours. Uh, how cool was that, and what did you take away from that? Well, you know, that was another thing. I decided I, I should start getting more involved because a lot of my involvement was, hey, I can shoot pictures for you, or I can do this, and, or make a video, which we had done for the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, film and video classes at the college, we made a, a seven- or eight-minute kind of like a promotional video for them, which was, was very well-received, and they loved and stuff. But then I thought, I wonder if I should get out from behind the lens. And that's when they invited me to kind of be on a little committee. And, and I said, what's this hero thing? And then they almost wouldn't let me say no. So it was yeah. really wonderful, great experience. So uh, just being with Carmen and Carmen and those guys, or um, Chris and, and Carmen and the others on that committee, was, it was really cool. Tamika was up there yeah, as well. Tamika, yeah, she, she's awesome. Devin's mom and dad were there yep. from uh, up north. So it, it was it was pretty cool. I didn't feel like I belonged there, but it was really cool to be with them. So I really loved it. Man, uh, we can sit here and do this all day long. Can we get permission to bring you back on the show? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love it. So, Guy Schaefer, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us, Wade. brother. We've right. uh, been Appreciate chatting you. with Guy Schaefer. Make sure you check him out on social media. He does so much for our community, and we were delighted to have him here on this week's episode of From the Press Box. Quick time out. When we come back, we will wrap it up. With the big finish, more from the press box comes your way right after this on PCL. Thomas Drugs, serving our community since the early 1900s. We're a full-service drugstore in Soda Fountain located in a building on Main Street that is on the National Register of Historic Places. We have a staff of pharmacists with over 70 years of experience, and we are committed to offering the best care and service to our community. We're now offering health care testing and treatment with positive results, a one-stop shop, Stop by our pharmacy today or visit our website at thomasdrugs.net. Folks, final segment. It's the big finish here on From the Press Box with Wade Neely. We got a lot to tap into here in the final moments, including the tale of the tape. It was not a great week for yours, truly. I went 10 and 6. I'm chasing Mark and Kerry. Mark is still way out in front. He's got a seven-game lead on me. And uh, he's got a one-game lead on Kerry. So it looks like a two-horse race in our fearless forecasters. My title reign uh, looks like it might be coming to an end. If you pick perfect in this week's edition, you'll win $600. We're also giving out a $50 gift card to Gex. Uh, Amazing food there. So uh, that is not to be taken lightly. You can do some damage with $50 uh, over at Gex Food Truck. 
So again, $600 to your winner. David Hopper was your winner last week. Shout out to David Hopper as he was the uh, first one on the tiebreakers missing three games to get the win. Uh, college football, Guy and I talked about it a little bit. The Michigan Wolverines, uh, I'm sitting there watching uh, the games just like everybody else on the weekend. And I'm not going to lie. I thought Alabama was going to beat Georgia. And I honestly had thought that Louisville probably would take care of Florida State. So I didn't necessarily envision us getting into the situation uh, that we found ourselves come Sunday morning where everybody's sitting around waiting for NFL kickoff, but also sitting around waiting for the bracket to be announced. And so we have six teams gunning for four spots. Obviously, you pretty much assume uh, Michigan's going to number one, which they did. You assume Washington probably would slide all the way up to number two, which they did uh, after they got a great win versus uh, Oregon on Friday night last week. And then things obviously started getting crazy. And I was in the press box at uh, Nissan Stadium on uh, Sunday, and you could hear the oohs and ahs when the bracket comes out. And Texas gets in at the three spot. Alabama gets in at the four spot. That means Georgia is left out. That means Florida State is left out. And I've kind of gone back and forth on this, and this is a little bit of a cop-out. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, take all the Michigan fandom aside. I'm okay with uh, the way things shook out. I hate it for the Florida State fans of the world. Uh, you know, I remember the days when Florida State uh, would be the one seed in this whole deal, and it would, they would be the dominant team. But we've kind of changed roles now, and uh, unfortunately, Florida State, do you buy into the ad revenue and the sponsors and, and you know, the ratings type component to it? I don't necessarily know. I like to take people at their word, and I think the committee said, who are the best four teams? Uh, now, the real question would be if they said, who are the best four teams uh, right now? Uh, because you could really make a case that Georgia could have got in as well. And that was a uh, historic fall for uh, Georgia to slide out of the top four after being number one. Um, but as a Michigan fan, I am excited that they're sliding up to number one. But you do got to take on Alabama. And my thought process on that is it's going to be probably your harder of your two potential games. No disrespect to Washington, no disrespect to Texas, but uh, it probably won't get much tougher than Alabama. And so if you can knock off the Tide in the semifinal on a New Year's Day, presumably you got a little bit, quote-unquote, easier game. I think this is going to be a fantastic playoff. I think if Georgia had gotten in and maybe uh, Texas had been left out, it would have been a real uproar. Um, obviously, I think if Florida State had gotten in and then – Michigan or Washington or Texas or whoever ends up uh, taking them on had just throttled them. Uh, everybody was said, see, we told you so. Uh, you had the SEC homers of the world saying, they're not going to leave the SEC out. There's no way. Um, and it turns out that they were right. And Florida State, with the injuries, um, not able to do enough stylistically, I guess, to the committee uh, to make them feel like they're one of the four best teams. And so. I think it's going to be a great tournament. Um, and the funny thing is we're having this crazy debate. You know, politicians are getting involved, uh, you know, talking of boycotts and, and lawsuits and things of that nature. 
And then this time next year, it will all be forgotten because we're going to a 12-team playoff. So anybody that's really beating the drum for uh, reform and change, uh, get ready because reform is coming and change is coming. We'll be at a 12-team playoff next year. So I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I say that with trepidation, knowing that Alabama is a really good team. Uh, they are playing at a much higher level than they sure were when they lost to Texas at home. And then when they followed up with a stinker versus South Florida, barely beating South Florida. And they're also playing better, at least it appeared, by one game than they even were uh, before that crazy finish in the Iron Bowl. So that's all the time we've got, folks. Reminder, if you've missed any of our previous shows, you can find them online at PulaskiCitizen.com. Click on Pulaski Citizen Live. You can also find them on YouTube as well. Uh, just search wherever you find uh, uh, your social media action there. Search for From the Press Box with Wade Neely. Search for Main Street Media. You can find it there. That is all the time we've got. I will see you on the flip side. We've got Zion Christian Academy coming to Richland on Saturday of this week. We've got Richland and Bridgeforth Middle School action coming your way Monday night. Next Tuesday, we've got some big games as Richland is at home and Giles County is at home versus Fayetteville. And then next Thursday, Giles County goes on the road to Mount Pleasant. Make sure you find all that in print. Grab a copy of the Pulaski Citizen. Grab a copy of the PC Sports page. And if not, check us out online at PulaskiCitizen.com. Wade Neely saying so long. We'll see you next time on From the Press Box. <laughs>